everyone. This is Arden, also known as Asian L. Woods, and welcome to my podcast. In this episode, I want to tell you a little bit about myself and what you can expect from this podcast. I will say this, uh, I apologize up front if the audio quality is not that good. This is obviously my first episode, so we'll get there. I will make improvements. Uh, in the meantime, if there's something about the sound that really grinds your gears, feel free to tell me. Don't be a dick about it, but uh, mm, don't be a jerk about it. But I'm open to feedback. Okay, a little bit about me. I'm from California. As far as law school admissions go, I am a non-traditional. I am first generation. And my goal is to go to law school on the East Coast. I have grown up in California my whole life. I am sick of it. I am sick of having one, one and a half seasons all year long. I really love fall and I follow all of the fall accounts on Instagram and Pinterest. And I want to be able to experience that in person. So hopefully in a few months here, I will officially become a New England girl. As far as hobbies go, I like lifting weights, I like getting stronger, being able to open my own jars and carry my own packages, and I love it when I'm like changing to go shower and I see the little muscles in the mirror. Oh, I feel so good. And I like dancing, I like reading, mostly nonfiction, but I'm getting into fiction a little bit. I'm trying to have fun with it. And I like animals a lot as well. Every Saturday, I volunteer at my animal shelter and I do pet sitting on the side. As far as what to expect from this podcast, first of all, I plan to keep my episodes pretty short, under 30 minutes, because nobody has time for an hour and 40 minutes. Are you kidding me? No, I got like 15 minutes for you. <laughs> and the topics I want to cover are sharing my journey, basically, from applications to admissions, visiting schools, making my decision, orientation week, meeting all my classmates, and law school itself, of course. Part of that is just straight up sharing what happened, like a story time. But a lot of it is actually reflecting on it, connecting it with my other experiences, putting it together so it's a cohesive like takeaway, distilling it down to specific themes and advice, stuff like that. I'm a big self-help person, and you'll probably notice that undertone in the momentum and the way I look at things. And I hope it's helpful because for me, I would say it's therapeutic. I have all these observations and little epiphanies in my head, and if I just keep them bottled up, it gets very stressful. But if one to two people out in the world so much as find it helpful, they come back and check up on everything I post. That is so cool, man. If that is you, I see you, I appreciate you, and I hope you send me a message. A little bit about my personality. I am a little more blunt and more tough love than a lot of the stuff I see online nowadays. So I will just give you an example and you can judge for yourself whether or not this is something you vibe with. Let's use the LSAT as an example. If you take the LSAT and get a fairly low score, let's say a 153, again, remember I am coming from the perspective of trying to aim for a top 30 school. I'm not gonna tell you, oh, you should consider not being a lawyer, that's stupid. But I'm also not gonna coddle you and say, numbers don't define you. Pour your heart and soul into your essays. If you write good essays, those soft factors will make up for your score because it's a holistic process. And there are people who get into Yale, top schools like Yale, with a 150 score. I'm not going to say that because, yes, while that is true, those are the exceptions and not the norm. And I don't think it's wise to bank on an exception. I think it's wiser to control what you can control, which is improving your score. And so instead, the way I look at it is, it's okay, the 153 does not define you because you can improve your score. It's the score you got now, but it's not the score you're stuck with forever. You can still get into a top law school, I mean, if that's what you want. First, confirm that. But 
You just have to improve your score. And that's going to take effort. It's going to take a lot of effort, probably going to take a lot more time than you thought. And we're going to have to be strategic and figure out why your study methods aren't working. But the good news is this is all your decision. The ball is in your court to decide whether this is something you want and can do right now. And if you can't, that's fine because you can still be a great lawyer either way. Going to a top law school is sufficient, but it's not necessary. A lot of the lawyers that I look up to that worked on high-profile cases that we know about in society, they were not top T14 law school students, right? So to me, it's a very much a personal choice, and we all have our reasons, and we should be respectful of one another. So I don't think people should judge people for wanting to go to a top law school, uh, but I, and I also don't think we should pretend like rankings don't exist or don't matter. I will agree that rankings aren't everything, but I'm not going to pretend like they're nothing. I'm not going to pretend like each school carries with it the same soft factors, factors to use the same term. You're going to have a different experience if you go to Harvard versus, let's say, uh, Temple University, rank 50, I believe, or a school ranked in the high 100s. And those are still both good experiences, but they're different. And those differences may shape the trajectory of your career path. And I'll say this, this is actually not my words. This is from a lawyer who was trying to talk, play devil's advocate and kind of talk me out of wanting to go to a top law school. She was saying like, both are great schools, but you're just going to have a different experience. And the last tough love I'm going to hit you with, this is probably my hottest take of all, get ready. If you do decide that your goal is to get a 170 plus on the LSAT, you should not be taking advice from people who scored 150, 160. Because a score in the 150s, 160s, doesn't demonstrate the same level of mastery that you need to get a 170, 175 plus. And the strategies that you have to take approach towards the test are vastly different because you're playing a different game. The margin that you have to get a 150 to 160 is very different, much bigger than the margin of how much you can get wrong in the 170s to 175 plus. And so different strategies and it takes so much evolution with each step of improvement. And so I don't think that what gets them to a 150, 160 is going to get you to a 170 plus. And I am saying all this as someone who did claw my way up step by step from the 140s, building a basic foundation and then kind of solidifying it, solidifying it more and evolving into the 170s. I'm very proud of my score and I'm not going to shy away from that. I got a 176. I'm proud of it because I know how hard I worked for it. I studied for a year and a half on this stuff, on this thing. I almost cussed there. <laughs> um, so I know it's possible. I also know it's excruciatingly hard. Uh, but I will also say it's, it feels like a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. To approach this huge endeavor, which often made me feel like David versus Goliath going to law school, and to feel like I'm coming from a position of strength as opposed to a position of weakness and just hoping any school will accept me. More doors have opened up and I just feel more confident. But all this to say, we all have our own paths and run our own races, but I do hope to add some diversity into the mix as far as voices go. And I hope there are one to two people out there who find it helpful. And if you do, stick with me. We're going to kick ass in law school. Thank you for listening.